It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Twitter, Instagram, Twitter.tv slash AJNick3, where we will do the uh, number drawing extravaganza on Thursday. This Thursday, as you hear this, if you're listening to it on the day it comes out on Thursday, we're doing the numbers drawing extravaganza for the box pool for Super Bowl 58. The rematch of Chiefs, Niners, and it's in Vegas, so that will be the big, big part of the show. So twitch.tv slash agent three. I think like in the eight o'clock hour we'll probably do that. So yeah, that's the next stream. So I gotta fi- I gotta test that stuff t- <laughs> on Thursday. <laughs> probably should have tested it on Wednesday. Didn't do that. Whatever. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um big show on this Thursday. The kickoff is gonna be moments and matchups that will determine Super Bowl fifty eight. That will be the kickoff. I got a list here of a couple of matchups or, or uh, quote-unquote moments that will happen in the game that will determine the winner of the game. Then we'll do our Super Bowl 58 preview, midweek soccer recap, weekend soccer preview, college basketball, some golf at the end of the program, and more. So moments and matchups that will determine Super Bowl 58, Super Bowl 58 preview, midweek soccer recap, weekend soccer preview, college basketball, golf, at the end of the program. All right, kick it off. Moments and matchups that will determine Super Bowl 58. I have one, two, three, four. Two for each team here. You know, one, you know, two of each when they have the ball fine. Whatever you want to say. So, we start with Kansas City. And Mahomes' ability in the big moment to not only make the big throw, but also have the big scramble. On a third down, for a first down, to get into field goal range, to get a goal-to-go situation. You know, he has those big throws, you know, to the sideline, up the post uh, to Kelsey, down the seat. He has all the throws, and he's had big throws and big touchdown throws in these games, right? But in those matchups against Buffalo, the Cincinnati, the Super Bowl against the Niners, the Super Bowl against the Eagles... His ability to take off with his legs, make plays when it's not there in the passing game, to still make plays on calls that are, you know, pass plays, that's outstanding. And he doesn't do it all the time. He does a great job of great job of picking his spots and picking his moments when he's gonna do it, when he's gonna take off and run. Because we know that he can make all the big throws as well. So I would say, you know, the the play against the Ravens last week to seal it, the throw downfield to Dallas Hanning, it makes a great catch, but that ball was on the money, you know. The touchdown pass to Kelsey, I mean, that ball's on the money. Um, yes, a couple other big throws in that game. He had big throws throughout this postseason. He's had big throws in every postseason he's been. In and the big moment throws, the big moment scrambles. If Mahomes is able to complete those big plays, if he's able to 
make somebody miss on that scramble, and it turns in from a four-yard avoiding of a sack to a 26-yard chunk play, you know? Mahomes, big moments, throws and scrambles in those big moments. And the second kind of topic here, the second thing I want to touch on this matchup of who is guarding Kelsey. And it's not like San Francisco doesn't have options to guard Kelsey, and I don't think they're just going to strictly throw one guy at him. If you're smart, you do like what kind of great basketball teams do against great basketball scores, which is have the ability to throw different defenders at that great scorer and be able to make them, you know, not do the same things for 48 minutes. Whereas in football, like same kind of thing, you don't want to keep having Kelsey go up against a linebacker because at some point he might take him deep. You don't want him to keep going up against the safety because at some point they're going to have to walk down into the box and they can blow him up on a run play and they can, um, you know, check to a run where they have numbers where they did it or something like that, right? So, and the options for San Francisco are the two all-pro linebackers in Warner and Greenlaw, who Greenlaw had the two picks against the Packers in big moments. Warner's an animal. Warner, you know, is, you know, I make this point whenever I talk about this guy, he's maybe the best player in the league. Like, he might be the best player in the league pound for pound, Okay. Um, and then the safety they would probably throw at him would be Gibson, uh, I would guess, out of the Niner safety. So those three guys up against Kelsey, who gets the majority of the coverage? Are they going to bracket him with two of those guys? You know, do they bracket him with a Greenlaw and a Gibson and say, we'll play man across and figure it out with everybody else? But I, I, want, I I'm very interested in who's guarding who. And how many snaps does each guy get at Kelsey? And if one of them's doing a good job, do they just like call him the Kelsey stopper and let him do his thing? You know, the Kobe stopper. Uh, what was that? Rajah Bell, right? The Kobe stopper. Um, so whoever covers Kelsey and Mahomes, uh, you know, they're the two stars of the team on offense, of course. We know that. So it had to be about those two when we talk about the Kansas City offense. And you go to the Niner offense now, and... The Niners, we know, want to run the football. Kyle Shanahan treats the running game almost like the passing game in the sense of the creativity, the versatility, the schematic um, principles and ideas that he installs into his offenses, especially running the football. These principles um, have shown and have led to so much success for Kyle Shanahan. So McCaffrey in that dynamic running game and not only him but his ability to break tackles and turn a six yard run into 13 turn an eight into a 24 turn a big one into an even bigger one right and him doing that against a very good Kansas City run defense and a star in the middle in Chris Jones who is a game wrecker from inside the tackle box, which is very tough to be. You know, a lot of defensive game wreckers are safeties or corners or edge rushers or impact middle linebackers. It's very difficult to continually snap in and snap out from the inside, affect the game like Chris Jones does. Aaron Donald does it. Uh, you could argue J.J. Watt did it from the inside for a long time. 
uh, when he would line up there. So there have been guys to do it, but it's not like you can count them over and over. Like, yeah, there have been great defensive tackles. And if I sat here and was like, let me do all the great defensive, you're not getting my point. The all-time game-breaker, game-wreckers from inside. Chris Jones is on that list, in my opinion, for what he's done for this Kansas City defense. And they're hopefully going to get Gay back in the in that uh, backer core. So McCaffrey running the football, breaking tackles against that Kansas City run defense. That has been very good. And then you go to the quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, who I think the discourse has gotten crazy on on both sides of the sense of like people talking him up and being like he's unbelievable he's a good solid quarterback with a really good team and the other people other side being like oh my god you could put anybody in this offense and well we don't know if that's true we don't know if that's true but this guy's all he's done is win games and got into the conference title game and got hurt and then got to the conference title game and won, and now he's in a Super Bowl. So, again, I when we find these, you know, hot button, hot take issues, I, I really try to say, okay, guys, let's look at it logically. Let's look at it with reason. Let's look at it with statistics and, 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 and a valued opinion instead of just being like, he stinks or he's really good. He's a good quarterback. Makes a lot of good throws. It also can be true that he benefits from Shanahan being his coach, McCaffrey being his running back, Debo being one of his best playmakers, and an offensive line that's pretty solid and led by an all-pro and an all-timer in Trent Williams. So, Purdy, in true throwing downs, where Spags is going to blitz and bring heat, how does he respond to that? And... To be fair, so far in young career, he's done very well against the Blitz. So give him credit for that. But this is a guy in Spags that runs this KC defense, and this is the best version of this KC defense in this run for sure. So if KC can do a good job against McCaffrey and force Purdy into down in distances where it's a throw. They are throwing the ball, right? Spags can bring the heat, and we'll see if Purdy is up to the challenge again against the Blitz, and this time in the big game. So I'm very interested to see how you can break this down. with Because, like, he's good against the Blitz, but Spags, when he blitzes, has gotten a lot of results. They got a lot of sacks against the, the Ravens. They've gotten some sacks already in the postseason. Um, in the cold game against the Dolphins. In the game against the uh, Bills and Josh Allen. They got him a couple times. Down in distances where it is a pass. I wonder how San Francisco is going to approach that. Do we see a give-up draw for a field position point? I wonder. I wonder. So... Those are my four moments slash matchups that will determine the Super Bowl. Mahomes in the big moment, the big throw, the big scramble. Who guards Kelsey for the Niner defense with the options of Warner, Greenlaw, Gibson? And then you flip it over in the 
Niners side of the ball, McCaffrey, his ability to run the football, break tackles, turn uh, marginal gains into big plays, okay? That Kansas City run defense, that's been excellent. And then Purdy in throwing downs for the Niner offense, going up against a Chief defense that loves the blitz, under Spags. Who's going to make the plays there? In those key, crucial third down situations, who's going to make the plays? All right, so let's go into our Super Bowl preview. It is the Niners' eighth Super Bowl appearance. They are 5-2, and two, looking for that sixth ring. KC, their sixth appearance overall, 3-2 and two record, vying for back-to-back, which would be the first time in 19 years. And three out of five. Which is crazy because it would be four appearances as well. Because they did lose. So, that rematch narrative that we did talk about Tuesday. Super Bowl 54. Kansas City wins at 31-20. The fourth quarter, 21-point comeback for Mahomes. And the players that are still on uh, the teams from those teams. The Niners. Debo, Kittle, Juszczyk, Bosa, Armstead, Givens, a tackle, Warner, Greenlaw, and the punter, Wisnowski. For the Chiefs, Mahomes, Kelsey, Blake Bell, the backup tight end, uh, Al Goretti, who's a backup guard, I believe, Nico Harmon, Chris Jones, Butker, Winchester, long snapper, and, and Dottie, the defensive tackle. So, injury concerns, San Francisco, Debo, Greenlaw, Armstead are banged up but should go. Thomas, the corner, could be back and join that secondary, which would, uh, that would help them get another corner out there. Kansas City, Sky Moore activated off the IR. Uh, Amenu out, designated to the IR, so that's who they brought in for Amenu with Sky Moore. Tooney probably out. A lot of people are saying he's going to be able to go. I don't know how. Like The timeline to heal just doesn't add up, but if he can go, he's the Super Bowl, so I'll probably try. But I would lean he's probably out. Gay should be back. Pacheco is in. And McKinnon even could be a possibility to join that backfield. Now, Edward Solaire has done a nice job in McKinnon's absence, but McKinnon in the passing game, in the screen game, giving Pacheco a little bit of a spell, and not that Pacheco isn't good, you know, bliss pickup or um, in the passing game, but McKinnon's very good at it, to be fair to him. So um, that's the injury concerns. How about when the Niners have the ball? Purdy in a San Francisco offense that scored over 30 10-plus times this season against the Kansas City defense that has held teams under 21, seven out of the last eight games. And this is, folks, the best version of this Kansas City defense in this Andy Reid-Spags era. And we know they love to blitz under that defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo. McCaffrey in the run game. The Niners are 12-1 and when he runs for more than 75-plus yards. Mitchell, you know, a touchdown stealer last week. He's not going to get a lot of carries, specifically only when he has to spell McCaffrey, and, and I don't really think they're going to be running the ball when McCaffrey's out of the game, and I don't really think he's going to be out of the game a ton. So that's the run game against Bolton. Tranquil, Chenal, and Gay returning the Kansas City backers. Chenal took Tranquil's spot, so we'll see what the snap count is there. A good offensive line for the Niners, led by Trent Williams, as we know. But vulnerable, um, it wasn't really Hutchinson getting to them last week, but the rest of the Lions did a nice job against uh, Purdy and company in that old line two weeks ago. Sorry, whatever. Uh, and we know they are up against Chris Jones in a Kansas City pass rush that has done a really good job in getting sacks, whether it's Dana, Carl Loftus, and Dottie, if he can go. Carl Loftus had a good game last week. I know they brought a lot of safety pressure, so Reed was blitzing as well and some of those other defensive backs, but... I thought those guys did a really, really good job 
And, you know, as much as Lamar is getting a lot of knocks for, you know, not making throws or not taking off, Kansas City, I thought, did a really, really good job of staying in rush lanes, being organized, staying disciplined on that defensive front. So um, that's how I see that matchup going. And then when you see Purdy throwing the ball, Debo, and Debo also in the run game, as we know, with ends arounds and all that kind of stuff. Ayuk has just gotten really just almost better every game. You know, he, he was having trouble running routes. He was a good blocker. That's why Shanahan kept playing him because he's a good blocker. And he started to run routes better. He started to catch the ball. And he started making plays in the passing game. And he's been excellent. And Jennings has done a really good job when one of them's banged up. Kittle, we know, is an elite blocker. But he seems to, when he scores, it's a big play. You know, it's not, you don't, and I'm sure people could bring up a bunch of red zone touchdowns for Kittle. But my point is, how many Kittle highlights you see where he's catching a slant, he makes one guy miss, or he breaks a tackle and he just runs away from everybody, or a skinny post or something, like, or a go ball from the slot, which is like, he like angles it towards the sideline. Kittle, you know, he, you're not going to throw it to him 10 times, and he's not going to get nine catches for, you know, 60 yards. He's not going to be that kind of possession guy. You throw it to him Five, six times, he either breaks one or he doesn't, you know? Um, and then check as well, not so much in the running game. He can run it, was, uh, um, of course, from that fullback position, a fullback dive on, on a down and distance. They trust check to hold on to the ball. But he's done a good job in the passing game, being an outlet for Purdy once he gets his blocks done and all that kind of stuff. And it's against those guys, that receiving core, and those skill position players. A very good secondary in Kansas City. Um, I would say elite quarters in Sneed and the nickel McDuffie. Watson and Williams have had nice years as well. And then safeties Reed Edwards on the back end, probably covering Kittle, to be fair, one of those guys. And Reed's been blitzing and making some plays. So that's the story when the Niners have the ball. How about when Kansas City and that star Patrick Mahomes has the ball going against the Niner defense, top five against the pass. But to be fair to the Chiefs, they really haven't done it successfully through the past the entire season. And last week, they had a lead, so they didn't really have to throw the ball around the yard to make plays. They just had to not make a turnover and get the Ravens back in the game, which they did a great job of, and also getting the turnovers of the Ravens. So Mahomes, I talked about his ability to make that big throw. I talked about his ability to have the big scramble. In the biggest moments, he makes big plays. There are guys who do that, and there are guys who do not, and he is one of the guys that do, okay? Um, run game, Pacheco, I mean, tough, hard-nosed runner, old school, eye formation, give him the ball, up the gut, in the A gap, in the B gap, let him slam it up there and break a couple runs. I, he's an excellent runner. He fits the team. He gives them some attitude, some toughness from that position, and Edwards Hilaire can make people miss if he catches the ball well out of the backfield, but he's, you know, had some issues as well as we know. And I'll tell you what, if McKinnon is able to go, that will be a very big boost for that Kansas City offense and an offense that hasn't been great, you know, with the skill positions in the passing game, to be fair. So I would say if you get McKinnon back, I wouldn't be shocked if there's some at least a couple screens for him to get him the ball in space and see what happens. So that's in the passing game. But Pacheco in the running game, outstanding. We know it. 
Um, and they're going up against a very good Niner front. Armstead, Hargrave, Kinlaw. I mentioned Warner and Greenlaw already. Um, and it's a Kansas City offensive line that's done a really nice job in the postseason, I think. Uh, protecting Mahomes. I think he took a couple sacks last week. It was the first sacks he's took. It's taken in a while. Um, they've been opening up holes in the running game. But protecting Mahomes against Bosa, Chase Young, and Randy Gregory, that's going to be a big ask. And I think if the Chiefs are able to do that, if they are able to protect Mahomes, that will give him the ability to continue to make plays with his arm and not necessarily have to take off all the time to scramble to get big yards. So that's a matchup you got to watch. And then Mahomes throwing the ball. Kelsey is... I mean, if he wins this game and has a big game, is it you know the greatest postseason ever by you know a, a, a skill position play? I don't know. I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions if he has a big game. But Kelsey, Rice, and then any of these guys, Valdez Scanlon, Sky Moore coming off IR, Tony's healthy, Michael Hardman, one of those four guys, because Rice has been very good. Give Rice a lot of credit. He stepped up into that second role. Um, behind Kelsey in, in that KC offense where Rice has been catching the ball, making tough catches, making plays after he catches the ball. Like, I, he's done an outstanding job. Um, and if one of those four guys, heaven forbid, two of those four guys step up for Patrick Mahomes and make some plays. And Valdez Scaling, to be fair, has done it. Sky Moore has been not healthy, so I don't want to blame him. Tony has been in and out. He's a knucklehead, whatever. And Miko Harmon's, you know, left to get the contract, and now he's back, so we'll see what happens. But um, can any of those four guys have an impact alongside Kelsey and Rice? It would go a long way for Kansas City. And it's a great, great unit on the back end for the Niners. Ward, Lenore, Oliver, Thomas could be back at corner as well, and then the safeties, Gibson, Brown, and Logan Ryan as well. So that's the story when Kansas City has the ball. A deep dive into some statistics now with third down red zone turnovers. And the specialist, third down, Kansas City, sixth in the regular season, 44%. They were 19th on fourth down offensively, 50% against the Niner defense, who doesn't do a great job getting off the field on third down, 24th overall, 15th uh, on fourth down. And the Niner offense, fourth on third down, 14th on fourth against the Kansas City defense, top 10 in third down and seventh on fourth in the postseason. The Niners offensively 16 of 28 on third down. Kansas City opponents have been 11 of 73. They did a great job against Lamar and company last week. 7-11 on fourth down against Kansas City, to be fair, though. Kansas City offense 15 of 38, 2 for 3 on fourth against the Niner defense. That has given up 13 out of 30 conversions, 1 of 4 on fourth down. They did a great job against the Lions, uh, shutting them down um, on those fourth downs. I mean, so many times, right? I mean, that's just, and we could talk about, you know, the coaching decisions, all that. I won't, okay, I won't, but that's how those stats came up, the one for four. All right, red zone, Niners, number one offense in the red zone, 67% touchdown percentage against Kansas City, top 10, eighth, giving up 50% of a touchdown. Kansas City, offense, 17th overall, 54% against the Niners, defense, 16th. So, you know, middle of the pack there for each. In the postseason, though, Kansas City, 13 trips, six touchdowns, five field goals, one fumble, one turnover on downs. Against, they've given up five trips. They got three touchdowns against them, one field goal, and then one fumble. The Zay Flowers fumble at the goal line. The Niners, 
Six trips offensively, five touchdowns, one field goal. Done very uh, a better job efficiency in the red zone um, than Kansas City has. Against the Niners, nine trips. They've surrendered five touchdowns, three field goals, and got a turnover on downs. The turnover story here. Kansas City, 28th overall, minus 11 for the the regular season, 28 giveaways, 17 takeaways. Niners, 7th overall, plus 10, 18 giveaways, 28 takeaways in the postseason. The Chiefs have lost two fumbles, but I believe one of them was against the Bills and one of them against the Dolphins. The one against the Dolphins didn't matter, if I'm not mistaken. But last week, or two weeks ago, sorry, they forced a Lamar pick. They get a Lamar fumble, and they got the Zay Flowers fumble. So three turnovers there, so they're plus one on the postseason. And then the Niners are plus two because they picked Love off twice, and they got a Gibbs fumble, but the Purdy threw a pick in the title game. So they are plus two. All right, special teams. It's Butker and Townsend for KC, Moody and Wisnowski for San Francisco. Butker, no missed kicks in the postseason. Townsend, 10 punts, three touchbacks, two inside the 20, and the one that was downed at the one-yard line against the Ravens in a big spot, so he has the ability to do that. Moody's missed two kicks. Niners have only punted five times. Uh, Wisnowski, all postseason, no touchbacks, two inside the 20-yard line. So who wins and how? Well, Kansas City wins if they win or it's a zero turnover battle and Mahomes or Kelsey is the best player on the field and the defense is able to stop the run and dictate the terms of when San Francisco has the ball. And if the Niners win the game, and here's how they do it, they run the football to not only you know score and to win the game, but to set up good throwing situations for Purdy because... Kansas City is going to try to get that to happen. There are going to be situations where we're going to have to throw the ball. It's easier to convert third and four, third and three, third and two, than third and nine, third and ten. You know, we know that. It's obvious. But um, it you got to say it in these big games. So good throwing situation, pretty. And then the defense frustrates Mahomes and company. When the Chiefs were losing in this season, they didn't score three touchdowns. They were frustrated. A lot of drops, a lot of miscues, a lot of penalties. If the Niners are able to frustrate Mahomes, make it difficult for the Chiefs receivers and Kelsey to make plays for him in the passing game, if they're you know, ultra-reliant on the run where they can't do anything offensively passing the ball, then they're in trouble. But I'm very interested to see how this plays out and at whose pace. I think that is the key to the game. And I think the pick is Kansas City, 28-24. And you're going to Asia, you don't pick against Mahomes. I did in the Brady Super Bowl, and I was right. So I, I do think I have I'm gonna my finger on the pole. I, I, I'm not saying that, but I think I'm not going to pick against Mahomes going forward in a lot of situations. Purdy, the Niners, Shanahan, McCaffrey. It's a great team with a lot of great players. They're in the Super Bowl. You know, not a lot of bad teams get to Super Bowls, folks, okay? But Mahomes finds ways to win football games, and he's done it on this stage already. So give me the Chiefs 28-24 for our Super Bowl 58 preview. All right, midweek soccer recap, FA Cup replays. Villa and Chelsea at Villa Park. Chelsea win a 3-1. Gallagher, Nicholas Jackson, and an Enzo free kick. Golasso, Enzo Fernandez. 
against his countryman, Debo. Debo Martinez, Emmy. Uh, that made it 3 0. Diaby got a consolation goal. So Kel uh, Chelsea moving on. Kelsey. Chelsea moving on to the next round of the FA Cup. Forest and Bristol City 1 1 after extra time. Origi and Knight both first half goals and no goals after that. But Forest wins it in penalties. They advance uh, 5 3 in pens. Southampton beats Watford 3 0. They will play Liverpool. Plymouth Argyle leads. Leads win it 4 1 away from Ellen Road. They would have probably loved to just do it the business at Allen Road and not have to do this game, but it is what it is. And Coventry City, Sheffield Wednesday, Coventry City win it 4-2-1. So the FA Cup replays are now done. We can move on to the next round. All right, weekend soccer preview, EPL. Man City, Everton. Everton have been playing tough, winning a lot of games, but unfortunately just don't have enough against big teams to hang in there all the time. I mean, they got the draw against Tottenham, to be fair, sure. There was a stoppage time equalizer that they needed, you know, some big luck on, fine, whatever. But can they do it against Man City? If this was at Goodison, I would have a little more um, faith or, you know, gusto to pick an Everton result. But at the Etihad, we know what City does. They're already going to take the title race over from Liverpool. So City win. Uh, Liverpool at home against Burnley, and this is an opportunity for Liverpool to, you know, get right after last week against Arsenal. That was not Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. That was not the team that he would want to see perform in the performance that happened. Like, that was not what he likes to see. So, you bring in one of the bad teams, sure, but if Burnley score first or if Burnley keep it nil-nil for a long time, like, that game gets antsy. And in a title race, you can't drop points. And considering you just drop points at Arsenal, you got to find a way to win this game with a good performance. So Liverpool, Burnley, Wolves, Brentford. Wolves have been playing really well, even without Hawang. Neto has been great. Cunha has been great. Sarabia has been great. Um, they're playing good defense with Kilman on the back end. Like, I'm telling you, this Wolves team has fight. They have promise. Um... And they're going up against a Brentford team with has Tony back. So Tony has re-energized that team. They're scoring goals. They're making things happen. I'm going to go draw there. Tottenham, Brighton. Uh, Brighton needs some of their guys back from AFCON. I don't think they're back yet. Uh, Tottenham, I don't think Sun will be back for this game. Will he be back? I wonder. Probably not. I don't think you could force him back into the team. But uh, South Korea did lose. So is Humming Sun coming back to the team? I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Um... If they have him, that's a big boost for sure. I mean, that is your best player. That's your captain. So if they have him back, I would love Tottenham in this spot. But I think they still find a way to win the game. But it's not going to be easy. Luton, Sheffield United, six-pointer, bottom of the table, six-pointer. And both teams could still go down. Obviously, we know that. But this is a, uh, this is a game where... You say, okay, you're definitely going down, not us. <laughs> right now, at least. We'll see what happens in that one. Fulham, Bournemouth. Bournemouth have been scoring, but now Billing suspended after he just got back from injury, picking up that red card. Fulham are an interesting team. Uh, if Jimenez isn't scoring, who is? Well, they could bring in Fafana and he scores goals for them, right? So can they continue to do that? I wonder. Um... But Bournemouth has been exciting. Solanke scoring goals up front, being a Premier League striker. Give him credit. 
A lot of people didn't think he could do that. Forrest Newcastle. Forrest are fighting. Nuno's come in. Change the system. Again, more new players. Like, it's crazy. Forrest is crazy. And against the Newcastle side that I'm sure is just wishing, Eddie Howe's just wishing, can we get a little more healthy? Can we have a couple more guys? Can, you know, because at one point he's playing a lot of the same 11, which they're good players, but you can't keep playing the same 11, especially if you're in so many competitions. So um, Newcastle probably have, have to get a result at the city ground to have an opportunity to finish top four again, which they probably won't. You got London Derby, West Ham Arsenal. Arsenal flying after beating Liverpool. Now go to West Ham, a team that has had their number in some situations, that's for sure. And it's a West Ham team that is good at set pieces. Um, do they defend great? No, not necessarily, but they're they're not going to just give away goals left and right uh, with David Moyes. They do have a system and style. So West Ham could absolutely pull an upset here, and I think they honestly will because Arsenal's riding too high, and we know what happens there. Villa Man U, Villa trying to bounce back after the FA Cup loss. Man U in a good moment, a couple wins in a row. Uh, Hoyland scoring, Rashford back in the team and, and scored. So we'll see what happens with Manchester United, but they're going to Villa Park. Emery is an awesome coach and has them playing really, really well, um, even with some of the results. I like Villa there. And then you got another London Derby, Crystal Palace, Chelsea. And I say Crystal Palace, you know what I'm going to say. At least saying as a, if they're not in the team, they lose the game. If they're in the team, they make an impact, they score goals, they assist goals, and they probably win. It's very simple for Crystal Palace. You got to get Elise and as a healthy fit and into the side. That's the way. So... That is the EPL preview for the weekend in La Liga. Maybe a game of the year in La Liga. Real Madrid, Girona, the top two teams. Girona, the big underdog. Real Madrid, everybody arguing they're getting call after call after call after call after call. They're being gifted this title, people say. So let's see if Girona can, at the Bernabeu, pull off one of the bigger upsets in La Liga history. Sevilla, Atletico, and Barcelona, Granada. The other matchups in La Liga. Syria, Roma, Inter, AC Milan, Napoli, and Juventus, Udinese. Bundesliga action, Dortmund, Freiburg, Augsburg, Rebel Leipzig, and the big one in Germany right now. One versus two. Leverkusen, Munich. Oh, baby, what a big game there. Ligue you got PSG, Lee. And the AFCON final is set. Nigeria, Ivory Coast. Uh, you could say, uh, looking at the teams, looking at you know some of the players in the squads, probably two of the better sides. I know Senegal and Egypt would have something to say about that, and some of the other countries, sure. But you know Nigeria, Ivory Coast, some really really talented players, some really really great players. So uh, that should be a really exciting final uh, and a big one. So that's footy. Let's go to college basketball now. Uh, South Carolina at last Ole Miss at home in an SEC matchup. That was big for both teams. Ole Miss had a nice performance but couldn't get a win. South Carolina holds serve at home there, gets a good win. Iowa State went to Texas. And Texas, I just can't get a read on. They're so talented. I like Rodney Terry as a coach, but I, I just cannot get a read on this Texas team. Iowa State's a good program. They get wins. Like I'm not knocking them, but like you're at home. 
You're coming off a big row win. Find a way to win another game. Find a way to win another game. Iowa State just drubbed them from the beginning. Texas had a better second half, but it didn't matter. They dug themselves too big of a hole. Oklahoma beats down BYU. Excellent performance from the Sooners at home in the league with BYU coming in. BYU's just trying to take everybody out. We know that, right? But um, OU with a really good win. UConn beats Butler. Not really convincingly, but they had the lead. They kept them at arm's length. They got a little tight, but not tight enough. UNC got upset by Clemson at home. I mean, that's a bad loss. I know Clemson has had a good year, and they had a great out-of-conference, but they haven't really answered every test in the ACC. But that's a gigantic win. Um, Carolina of, had to be reading their press clippings after the Duke game and just was not ready to play. Um, and then you had Baylor beat Texas Tech in a close game at home. That was a good game. Uh, Auburn beating up on Alabama, scoring a lot, making a lot of shots. And that game got played at Alabama's pace, which has to worry you um, if you're a Bama fan because it'd be one thing if Auburn might have mucked it up or maybe not played to this quick of a pace, but it's still a fast pace and they won the game fine. This was at your pace and you didn't shoot it well. So um, you got that. Some other games, Creighton-Providence. You got TCU, Iowa State, St. John's Marquette's a big game. Baylor, Kansas is a gigantic game. You got Indiana, Purdue on Saturday night as well. So, uh, not the slate that was last weekend in college basketball, unfortunately. But I think they kind of tipped their hand a little bit with last week, and they got lucky scheduling and with the with the um, with the rankings, of course, to have them all be in the top ten or whatever. But uh, Super Bowl week, I think they Super Bowl weekend they kind of just let the NFL do their thing. All right, so that's college basketball. All right, golf, big, uh, another good field. I won't say it's a signature, it's not a signature event, but it is a big event. The Waste Magic Phoenix Open, another good field. Scheffler, JT, Homa, Burns, Spieth, M, Minwoo Lee, Tom Kim, Siwoo Kim, Cam Young, Fitzpatrick, Wyndham Clark, Matsuyama, Fowler, Adam Scott, Brian Harmon, Shane Lowry. Good field. Um, I will say this about the live stuff, and I know I, I really don't want to wax politically about live because you know where I'm coming from about that, and you know where I, I stand. So I, I don't want to, you know, if people are into it, sure you could be into it. I'm never gonna be into it. I'm never gonna watch. I hate it. I can't stand it. I think it's splintered golf, and it's a joke, and it's a disgrace. All that being said, if you can't figure out that Rory doesn't want to be the guy this year that has to answer all the questions for everybody else, and he kind of just wants to win a major, and that's why he's like softened his stance on the live guys, whereas JT and Spieth, who haven't been the biggest vocal mouthpieces when it comes to this stuff yet, have they been asked and answered questions? Sure. But with JT and Spieth being like, no, they shouldn't be back. Don't you think Rory thinks that too and just doesn't want to say it because of how he got, you know, the bullseye and the target on his back? Don't you think that, folks? Come on. Okay, so... I really don't want to spend time on the live stuff because it's going to get me fired up and I can't stand it and I hate talking about it. I hate thinking about it. I hate just everything about it is just a stain on society and humanity. And you can be like, AJ, it's a little far. It's not for me. It's not. It's not what this sports washing thing is and how their journalists are just fine with it. It's a joke. You got journalists covering live. Don't cover it. It's not professional golf. You can say, Okay, so let me tell you this. Um, me and my friends go out on a Friday. It's a professional golf tournament. Oh, you can just declare things professional golf tournaments now. What do you mean? 
So we're going to do an 18-hole professional golf tournament. Oh, you just declare it. I just declared it. That's how I feel about live. It's a joke. It's a disgrace. It's 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 very bad. It's very, very bad. And I don't care. I really don't care. Amp, they they could send me whatever check they want to work that with Arlo White. And I'd tell Arlo White to buzz off. I would. Because he blocked me on Twitter like a loser. Because I came at him for Peacock. Shut up, Arlo White. You stupid clown. All right. I didn't think I was going to get that fired up. I didn't think I was going to talk about Liv. But when I said Spieth and JT and thought about Rory, I had to say that. I got to defend my guy. And I love Spieth and I love JT. Everybody knows that. They are some of my guys as well. Everybody knows that. But Rory, besides Tiger, is my number one. And don't you think Rory thinks the same way as them but doesn't want to say it anymore because he doesn't want to have the target on his back? That's why, folks. Come on. Use your brains. Use your noodle, okay? All right. So Super Bowl 58. Everybody have a safe uh, Super Bowl watch party. Uh, If you're driving, no drinking. Everybody knows that. And uh, we will recap the game on Tuesday's show. It'll be Chiefs back-to-back or the Niners and Shanahan finally get their Super Bowl again. So everybody enjoy the game. Trish.tv slash HNA3 for the uh, number drawing. Have a great weekend. Until then, peace. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.